0: Welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. This is a recast of the episode Advent, where our hosts, Father Frank, Kate, and Chris, are joined by special guest, Jonathan Sitko, who is the Assistant Director of Programs.
1: season of advent i i I think that uh, and not just simply because that means we can put up christmas decorations i think that that sometimes when when advent starts to come around people are 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 thinking oh right now i can get the christmas decorations out from the attic the basement the closet wherever it is and start to put these things out but there's a a lot of different things that are associated with advent itself as as a season but also a number of symbols and customs. And as a at our Catholic Apostolate Center website, there's a whole set of Advent resources. And we found that one of our most popular pages, not just on the Advent resources, but just in general on our site, are the symbols and customs of Advent. And so we have with us, as our guest, John Sitko, the Assistant Director of Programs for the Catholic Apostolate Center, who put together our Advent resources and really did a deep dive and research into all this and, and particularly this, this particular page of symbols and customs of Advent. So welcome, John. Glad to have you. Thank you. So what was behind some of the reason why the center put together these Advent resources and, and particularly this, this page on symbols and customs as well as history?
0: Um, so, a bit of background. Almost, a little, almost five years ago now, um, I was brought on full time. And one of the questions that, when I started, was looking at resources in the church at large as well as um, on our own center website of resources, which we already had a lot at the time, of these questions of well, what are things that are, are assumed but missing that can help with that sort of evangelization effort. And one of the things that I, I looked at in particular was this question of there's a lot of stuff on Christmas. Understanding the, the history of Christmas, understanding the symbolism behind certain Christmas items, but there isn't as much around the history and some of the customs around Advent. You know, things like why do we have the Advent, Advent wreath, for instance? What is the symbolism behind the candles? What is the purpose behind those sorts of elements? And so, um, with the help of a variety of staff members, including Father Frank, um, I took a good amount of time researching and looking up a variety of these customs to understand that there is a, a deep Sort of symbolism and a deep sort of understanding of our our Christian faith through these symbols of Advent.
1: Kate, do you do, you do the Advent wreath in your home? Is that something that, that that you've taken on as a custom in your in your family?
2: Yeah, definitely. We actually have a parish day where we do a lot of these different Advent activities, and one. One of the things that they have is making your own Advent wreath as a family, and they have a bunch of different um, actual live, like, garlands and evergreens and the, the different berries, and you, you put them all together, and the kids get involved. And and that's made the Advent wreath even more special for us because we're making it anew each year as a family.
1: So what is all that about, some of those things? You know, Kate mentioned a few of those things, the evergreens, the candles, what's, mm-hmm. What's all that about, John?
0: So, I mean, with the wreath itself, it's evergreen, which is an older tradition, medieval in, in terms of its history. Um, but the green is to symbolize ever life, everlasting life. Um, a big thing with Advent, with a lot of the symbols, with a lot of the customs, is this duality between um, the preparation or the commemoration of Christ's birth. You know that of you know two thousand years ago, but also that preparation for the for the upcoming end times. And so there's this question of eternity. There's also this question of hope um, that happens throughout a lot of the symbols of Advent. Um, when you look at, for example, you know the, the traditional Advent wreath has four candles on it, three that are purple, one that is pink or can be rose. Um, symbol of the four weeks, traditional four weeks of Advent. Um, purple being you know the 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 piece of penance that we look at also during Lent, this penitential sort of waiting, patience, and that sort of thing. And then on the third Sunday of Advent, there, we light the pink candle, which is to or rose, depending on who what kind of wreath you use, but it's to celebrate the joyful Gaudete Sunday, which is that sort of joyful piece. Um, in my family, and it
3: also means that Christmas is almost here.
0: <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, in my family, we would also have a fifth candle, which we would have in the middle, which would be a white candle, to symbolize when Christmas actually came, to symbolize the light of Christ. Um, that's also pretty popular in a lot of places and a lot of churches I used to grow up in.
1: Now, there are ways of, of trying to count down the, the the time and the season of Advent, and there's the the...
3: The idea of a calendar,
2: perhaps. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah even, Lego, uh, with, with,
3: even Lego I makes, was going
2: to say, uh, there's even a, a beer one yes, at Costco the, uh, this year. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. It's really know.
3: taken on a life of its own uh, <laughs> outside of the Christian tradition. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. One of the things you see, there's a ton of things that um, traditionally have come from the Christian tradition that have been somewhat uh, secularized, right? And I think Advent, the Advent calendar is one of them. And, and the fact that they're actually calling it the Advent calendar, too, I think is really interesting. Like, it's, they have stripped away the well, word. It's like the Easter bunny. Right. <laughs> Easter. And it, it, it's yeah, it's a, a fascinating yeah. thing. But, John, do you tell us more about um, the maybe the, the actual Christian origins of the...
0: Well, um, th- it's usually... It's actually designed more... Back in the day, back in more medieval period, it was a lot more ornate. It was made with wood and these sorts of things. Um, there isn't actually like a, a well known history of like when did it start per se, but it's one of those things. Much like the Avent Reef, it's some point in that you know early second millennium, maybe around the you know tenth and twelfth centuries, where there was a tradition of. Giving out gifts or cookies or goods or whatever for children to symbolize the waiting for Christmas, and usually it would end on December 24th. Um, in my family, for instance, we had a Mickey Mouse one that was similar like that. And you know, the idea is that you know you start it on December 1st and you go to December 24th. It's it's changed what's in those you know Advent counters and what they're made of. Some of them are pretty simple. Some of them are very innate. But it's this this idea to serve as sort of a visual representation of. The upcoming waiting of Christmas, um, there isn't a, a there isn't a ton of true Christology, you know, in that sense of it. But there is also this understanding of the waiting for Christ, you know that that is the the key element of any sort of Advent calendar, besides the you know ornaments and gifts, candy, like <laughs> yeah,
1: wine. There, there are a couple of, of course, you know, during the during that this period, people will put up a, often will put up a Christmas tree. But there are a couple other types of, of trees that are that go with this Advent season. One's the the Jesse tree, and another is not so much a, a, a liturgical thing, or and neither of them really are. But they're they've kind of come into the into customs um, in a number of parishes. There's this thing that they call the Giving Tree, which is off of a little children's storybook. Um, but John, where did the where did these two things? What are they coming out of? I mean, one is very recent right. historically. The other as a
0: well, the Jes- the Jesse tree, which is the first one you were talking about, is probably that one's a fairly old tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I seem that, to
3: remember doing it in school. Yeah, so children
0: oriented. Uh, it's not even so much children oriented. It's just one of our of any of the stuff we talk about besides maybe the advent wreath. This is probably one of the oldest traditions we do. And it, it really is based its roots in Matthew chapter 1, um, the genealogy of Jesus. I love reading that. <laughs> that's
1: fun. The faster you can read yeah. it without tripping over the names the better. The names.
0: Yeah, and so a Jesse tree is is it can be very ornate, it can be made of paper, you know, it could be a literal tree, but it's this this tracing of the roots Basically between Abraham and Jesus, and it, it uses all of the names basically that fall through that genealogy, and you know they use different symbols and different ornaments and different sort of ideas. I think like for instance, David is David with a crown, Noah with a boat, um, Abraham has certain ones, but they all have sort of this idea of a visual representation of the like the kingly uh, genealogy of Jesus and it also serves as like a reminder of the Old Testament I know we're probably going to talk a little bit later on about the Oantiphons as being a similar sort of Christmas or Advent tradition to talk about the connection between the old and the new the past and the future Um, and the Jesse tree serves as like the very literal um, sort of representation of that Old Testament Um, the giving tree is a very sort of new New idea, um, and like in my home parish, this was a very popular thing because it sort of talked about the, it sort of, I guess the best way I could describe it is it sort of baptized some of the the reason for the season type of stuff or like the the nature of being like charitable and giving during the, the holidays, um, and it, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty literal to what it sounds like. Um, you develop sort of gifts to give to those who are, who are needy to sort of exemplify the sort of charitable acts that we're supposed to exemplify during that period. I, I think I've seen it as like,
3: you go pick up an angel off the tree and it has a a, a a number on it and that's the number of the year of how old of the child that you should buy the gift for and if it's pink, it's a girl, blue, it's a boy or sometimes it's like uh Actual items that are mm-hmm. needed for a food pantry or for uh, you know for a homeless shelter,
1: yeah, socks, and right. different um, gloves. And it, yeah, it's a,
3: definitely Packs. a uh, something that I think is very prevalent nowadays. But yeah. mm-hmm. certainly has its roots. And
0: well, I mean, any sort of charitable act has its root in right. Christian tradition, hopefully. And so, um, in the on the the resource page that we'll probably link back to, hopefully. Um, I put in there that it links directly back into Matthew twenty-five forty. What you do to least of these, you do unto me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's best best to understand the the giving tree is sort of a best as a very practical and real um, exemplification of that mm-hmm. that idea,
1: which goes to that point that you've made a little earlier about that that uh, the aspect of advent of it being about the end of time mm-hmm. uh, and toward the end of ordinary time, and when you get to the a feast of um, our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, King of the Universe. You have this. That Matthew twenty-five figures pretty prominently in in the liturgy, and then those first couple weeks of Advent mm-hmm. are about really focused on that. Um, toward the toward the end of Advent, then there's another symbol that often comes out, uh, and and it's one that my, my mother collects mm-hmm. uh, she co- mm-hmm. she collects nativity scenes it's which which becomes kind of massive I think she has like 140 wow. or more uh, nativity scenes full-blown scenes. Wow. Some of them wow. are just the Holy family some of them are these amazing kinds of made of all sorts of materials all sorts of, of um, cultural groups and really a, a fascinating thing when I was at Saint. Jutron in Baltimore we would display them. Uh, there for people to, to sing and she would go on a traveling show uh, but usually they're they're in her in her house, and we've we've joked as a family that we'll open a nativity scene museum, uh, you know, uh, years it, from now.
3: It, it's a popular thing I've seen at at the, to have these cust- even the custom of showing the different nativity scenes from different cultures yes. from around the world. Mm-hmm. That's um, so beautiful. So your your mother was ahead of the time. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: really. So where where does that come from, John?
0: Um, so that one's actually fairly <laughs> unlike some of these other traditions and customs. This one we know exactly who it was. That was St. Francis of Assisi. That was a thing he did in Italy. And in the, it was live. Yes. Yeah, that one was literally made with the straw and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Um, in What's the thirteenth. The crash. Crash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he developed it as in this, you know, pretty fit, fits well with Assisi style. It was used as to emphasize the humility of the savior of the world, coming as a poor child in a in a poor manger. In the incarnation. yeah. yeah. Um, and you know we've talked we already talked about some of the stuff that they can be very ornate they don't necessarily have to look like Saint. Francis of Assisi necessarily made them in the 13th century um, and one one thing of note actually that was fun to research was um, some people use a variation on the on the nativity scene or the crush um, like for instance in my house um, in a lot of places I knew and grew up with they would just have the whole scene laid out um, some play some people like to emphasize that, the waiting element and have the the manger empty mm-hmm. uh with the baby jesus until oh, christmas eve
1: right. i
3: was just going to say uh, my mother does not put out the baby jesus figurine until christmas mm-hmm. everyone else is there right. sometimes mm-hmm. the wise men don't make right. an appearance until uh, <laughs> epiphany um but yes my mother uh, very adamant that the, the the baby does not go in the manger until until christmas
1: and Advent takes a, a turn after the 16th of December. The, the 17th to the 23rd is a, a deeper preparation for Advent. It's in a very important liturgical time uh, within the church. There's these antiphons that are associated with, uh, with vespers or evening prayer, uh, and uh, they start on the 17th and run through the the uh, 20, uh, 23rd, and that's in, by Vespers or evening prayer from the liturgy, the hours, the church's prayer. Um, so that you have O Sapientia, meaning O Wisdom, or O Adonai, O Lord or Ruler, O Rodic, O Root of Jesse, O Clavis, O Key of David, O Oriens, O Radiant Dawn, uh, Rex Gentium, O King of the Nations, and O Emmanuel, God with us, O God with us. And that, that th- those all have um, scriptural connections to scripture in the in the prophet uh, Isaiah, but this this period really is a, a, a deep portion of, of Advent uh, liturgically that prepares us to go into into that uh, the celebration of of Christmas. Uh, most especially so the, the the first coming that you were mentioning um, when we when we look at this John in in terms of all this this preparation, um, what would you say would be one of like the, the, the key things that we should take away in terms of of how Advent of, we can celebrate Advent?
0: I mean this is just me speaking from you know, my life and experience. I grew up in a town that very much pri- prided itself on its Christmas uh, elements. It was Christmas City, USA. Yeah. What's, Bethleh- what's, what's, Bethlehem. Oh yes. yes, um, yes. Some,
1: some people would have their Christmas card sent yep, in there. So. Yep.
0: Um, and really? So, yes. yep. Yeah. yeah that was a, a, thing. That's a great idea. Yeah, because it'll say Bethlehem, Christmas City, USA, <laughs> right on the stamp. It's Learned very. Something pop- new every day on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I think. I think a big piece and a big takeaway is understanding that a lot of our symbols and a lot of the things we take for granted. I mean, we didn't talk about, for instance, the Christmas tree or the ornaments or any like we talked about the nativity and all these sorts of things to understand that the Advent season is a twofold season, um, that it is both a preparation of the past and acknowledgement of the past in the sense that Christ had come and, you know, died for us eventually, but had been born as a child. The fulfillment of the Old Testament, you know, in the Old Antiphons, they specifically are that piece of fulfilling the prophet Isaiah's um, statements of who the Messiah would be. Um, as well as, you know, this, the, I think the most important thing is to recognize the other element of, of um, Advent. It's not only just the commemoration of the past, but acknowledging that Christ will be coming again. That's like a, a key piece of a lot of the symbolism and a lot of the, the cultural elements of Advent is to understand that there is – that Christ will come again. And as Catholics, that is a very important thing that these weeks of Advent are supposed to serve and remind us of, that it's awaiting a for us not only of the, of the Christ to have come and acknowledge the past, but that Christ will come again in the end times. Um, not in a like a very apocalyptic way, but in a very hopeful way mm-hmm. in that same sense.
2: We actually got a nativity scene for uh, as a wedding gift, and that was actually one of our favorite I, wedding <laughs> gifts. It was just so, so thoughtful mm-hmm. and something that, as a newly married couple, we would have never like thought to purchase or, or request. I, also, I, I yeah. also got one, too. I think it's yeah. a lovely idea. And we actually got married in the Advent season, which isn't very typical, in, on December 19th. And so for our honeymoon, we were still in Advent, and we went to Rome and each church there has their own crèche
1: now the presepe yes
2: incredible and so we would go from like church to church and just look at all of these different um, iterations of you know of of the baby Jesus being born as you said earlier in these r- incredibly humble conditions and something that they did there is they really emphasize like the chaos with which he, in which he was born like the point is to make it difficult to find the baby Jesus within just daily life especially since at the time um, you know, everyone was there for the census. And so they're having just all of these normal things. And you're like, how, how? where do we find Christ in all of this? And so that was just a really beautiful thing for us to do as a couple, a newlywed couple.
3: I was just looking up more information about the Christmas stamp. That's <laughs> but um that that actually brings up a really interesting topic that just kind of thought of was Advent being this time of preparation and then often sending those Christmas cards too. I think the Advent is a time for is a good time for us as Catholics to uh, engage in conversation about our faith. Um, and I think the resource pages that John and, and with the help of many others that put together are serve as a good resource for folks that are looking for a way to dive a little deeper into uh, the more superficial aspects of the season.
0: Well, and I think the other thing, part of the reason you brought up a good thing that I wanted to mention about sort of the Advent resources is a lot of times, you know, you know the Advent season gets lumped in with the Christmas season in the larger secular world, and it Ten, you know, even though Advent wreaths and Advent, can, or, uh, Advent calendars are used a lot, there tends to be a forgetfulness of that sort of um, period of reflection and that period of um, waiting. I mean, there's a, there's a very strong intentionality that three of the four weeks of Advent are purple, you know, symbolizing the similar uh, similar motifs and similar ideas that Lent would serve, um, and I think a big important thing that I realized and, you know, a lot of the staff had realized over the years with the Advent resources it serves as a good reminder to take a break and understand that this is a period of reflection and a period of prayer. Um, you know, the serve is a very tangible way of doing that, but the entire season should serve as sort of that prayer and reflection of, um, especially because, in, as we as Catholics acknowledge, Advent as the beginning of a new year. It's not, you know, it's not the, it's not the, end of the year, as Christmas would fall on the calendar. It's the beginning of a liturgical year. Um, And so acknowledging that as well, here are the new beginnings, and here's what I need to reflect on, I think is an important thing as well.
1: Well, thank you, John, for for being with us to to talk about uh, the symbols and customs of Advent and some background on Advent. I think it's a been a wonderful conversation. really gives us something to prepare ourselves for Adventus, the coming. Mm-hmm. And so as we uh, bring this podcast to a close, Chris will tell us how you can find us. You
3: can uh, certainly find us online on our website at org. Follow us on Uh, social media on facebook twitter instagram will be sharing um, lots of great posts and content during the advent season uh into the christmas season and then of course well into ordinary time uh throughout the year of course um be sure to share this podcast with your friends and uh your family especially if maybe uh a cousin is a little curious about what something may be you can you can just send them this podcast Um, And of course, be sure to leave us a five-star review or uh, a like on your podcatcher of choice.
1: And may the charity of Christ urge us on.
2: Thank you
0: again for listening to this recast episode of On Mission. Please be sure to like, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Or visit us online at catholicapostolatecenter.org. Thank you.